1: And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Danny Henderson, clinical hypnotherapist and emotional thought therapist, who during her birth, her mother had a near death experience. She has had a lifetime of paranormal encounters, which we're going to learn about today. Danny, thank you for joining me on the podcast. And welcome.
0: Thank you so much, Jeff. I'm so honored to be here. As I mentioned earlier, I'm so impressed by your beautiful channel, the amount of videos, the content you have. It's just so wonderful and a safe place for people to come and and, and see themselves through somebody else. It's wonderful. And I'm very honored to be here.
1: Well, thank you very much for that. Danny, if you don't mind, let's just start with your birth and tell us what happened.
0: Okay. So, um, I was born on February the 9th uh, in, the, um, in the, well, one year. And uh, at the time, my mother was taken to a different city because they recognized there were problems with me and there was a fear that I might die. And so, there was a machine in another hospital in a, in a city called Hastings in East Sussex in England. And so, they were quite prepared for me to have problems coming through down the birth canal. But it was actually my mother. That died. So, my birth was very violent, and she suddenly started horrifically hemorrhaging. And the way that she shares her story is that she was aware of herself being violently yanked out of her body. And then suddenly, she's in this floating sensation, and she's looking down at the bed and she's seeing the blood because she horrifically hemorrhaged. She's seeing me, the newborn, be roughly handled. And then people shouting and panicking. She's aware in her mind, she already has an 18 month old son that's at home with her beloved husband and his mother. And she says, in her words, when I was in that blissful state and I was aware that I was leaving my body and my newborn and my infant and my husband and his mother, I didn't care. There was no connection to the personality in that body that was dying on the bed and then she says the classic that we've heard many hundreds of times at this point she went down and found herself going towards a light got right up to the light felt utter bliss felt utter love and then boom she's back on the bed she's in her body and she did not want to be there that was her first thought because she was just in this blissful state so from that moment um, she had severe problems she was life or death for five days um, I was kept away from her the entire time I was in an incubator I had severe jaundice and a couple of other complications um, but really it's so fascinating that she was the one that had the near death and I came in the extraordinary thing for me that I can't believe sometimes still, is that the memory I have, the clarity, the actual memory of being rushed down a hallway in this hospital, it was called the Buchanan, it no longer exists, but of course there's historical records on it, Um, seeing the black and white tile floor and the green Victoriana painted walls. And when I first came into the memory of that, I was about six or seven, sitting with my brothers, watching television. My mom was beehiving her hair, the mirror. Um, And I saw the hospital and I saw the colours and I started crying and shaking. She's like, what, what, what? What's the matter? I said, I know that place. I was there. She said, oh my God, you were born there. Like, how could you know that? And because she was so shocked, it really imprinted in me, oh my goodness, you know, and then many, 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 many things that happened before that, and certainly at that time and during and to this day.
1: So at what point in your life, or I guess it would be better to say, at what age were you when your mother told you about her NDE?
0: I believe it was at that time, at that time, because it's all a normal thing you tell a kid, a little mm. kid, you know, you kind of wait till they're later to say, by the way, I died when you were born, you know. Um, so I don't ever remember her and I have a a, a, an insane memory sometimes I wish I didn't you know some people say I wish I could remember everything about my childhood and my birth and my this and my that it's not always a gift (laughs) guys it's not always a gift Uh, but that was certainly my case Um, and so yeah it was just um, the 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 events um, you know that continued after um my birth with her um, were extraordinary so we lived it's you call it the projects in America so low low income um estate with a lot of really messed up dysfunctional families a lot of alcoholism a lot of violence like this is in the 70s in England in England you you just beat your kid Or you could smack someone else's kid around. It was like, okay, you know, Um, and the house we lived in was so haunted. Going to bed was terror after terror after terror. I was so sensitive to energy. I was so sensitive to other people's feelings, other children's feelings, and I always had an ability to see. So like if I looked at an adult, I wouldn't just see their normal human frame. I could see into them, beside them, around them. I could hear them. There was one time I remember I was 11. And at 11, you're so conscious of everything, you know, your little boobs are starting to grow and your pubescent hormones are starting to kick in and you're so conscious of everything. And I remember walking past the wall because my mum would never let me and my brothers go past the garden wall outside. We could roller skate up and down, but she was so frightened something would ever happen. She was very paranoid. Um, And I remember this gorgeous boy and I used to had to go to church oh my goodness I had to go to church Christianity Pentecostal evangelical all of that drama drama and trauma drama um and this boy's walking towards me and he's like 15 16 I'm 11 and I'm thinking oh god oh god he's going to walk past me he's going to walk past me he's going to walk past me because I'm so conscious of myself you know this budding little pubescent child And this, and I'd seen pictures of Archangel Michael, who is this, you know, beloved, blonde, blue eyes, and we're all told this is him, this is him. So I'm looking at the image of what I've been told is pure and beautiful and heavenly and angelic, and even before I got to pass his his body, his electromagnetic field or his aura, as people would call it, I could already hear the screaming. They're screaming. It was like the demons of hell, the people, the trauma. It was, I threw up. I just gagged on the floor. It was so scary. That man became a serial killer.
1: Hmm.
0: And he lived across the road behind another house from us. Yes, he did. Wow. And he did terrible, terrible things to young girls, terrible murders, mutilations. And yet when he walked past, I heard, I heard the demonics attached to him.
1: Now, you said that you went to church. It sounds like a bunch of different denominations. So even though your mother had an NDE, she was still religious.
0: Not at all. She just couldn't wait to get me and my brothers out the house on a Sunday. Okay. <laughs> it was as simple as that. You know, my parents, they married so young, you know, they had their own. Their own dysfunction from their upbringing and their childhood. And it was, they wanted to do the best for me and the boys, my brothers. So, uh, my grandma, who was the light in my life, she would take us to church. So, we had to do Sunday school, Bible class, and evening church. And it was Pentecostal, evangelical, you're sinners, you come out of the womb, you're a sinner, you've got to cleanse yourself and the blood of the lamb. And it was just such a frightening, frightening for a child to be told that you're already bad, you're already already full of sin, you have to suffer. Um, and it was the most extraordinary thing because from a very young, young age, I knew that adults were scared. I knew they were scared. I knew they were liars. And I knew that they could not see what I could see. And by the time I'm seven, Um, I'm done. I'm over adults. I know their lives. I have seen so many horrific things in my room. The house we lived in was a house joined to another house and the next garden, two other houses, two others. It was like a block thing, you know, it was masses and masses of houses. And the energy on the land, the land that the houses were built on was what's called the South Downs. There were so many battles, so many wars on that land Do you imagine how many people have been slain and murdered and killed and just laid there dying and no one was there? So many wandering souls, so many spirits coming through the house. Because when you are a clairvoyant child, when you have clear seeing and you can see all of this energy, they know you're going to see them. So I would attract everything, good and bad. I would attract what we call earthbounds. Earthbounds predominantly are described as humans who die but they're too scared to go to the light because religion has programmed them that they will be judged and they may well go to hell and I've had many experiences of earthbounds coming because they know that we we hold a light frequency clairvoyance medium spiritualist we hold a certain light frequency and the dead will come just sometimes just to be seen. I can't tell you how many times I've woken up with 20 people standing at the end of my bed. It's like they've all been walking around going, let's go to Danny's house. Danny will see us. And in the years that it terrorized me and terrified me to the point that I considered taking my life at six years old, I was thinking of ways to kill myself. But in my little mind, I would call it, how do I die? I didn't know about the, I didn't know the word suicide. I don't remember remembering the word kill, but I knew about dying and death because Jesus died on the cross. So that was my first kind of information on that, you know, on that, um, that mindset. And so um, I remember thinking, how can I die? And try and stop myself breathing. I would go under the water in the bath, but the body has a natural mechanism within it that will always fight for survival no matter what but yeah from six years old i was incredibly suicidal wanting to get away from the demonics the 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 scary monsters um which i want to come to in a minute and, and everything else and everything else and not being believed and screaming and screaming and screaming for my parents and sometimes they'd come in the room give me a slap because they were so frustrated with this neurotic fragile little girl That would have the worst nightmares in the world, that it got very old. They didn't know how to deal. They thought it was just for attention or, you know, and often I would scream for them to put the light on and they would just shut the door and I'd be left in the room with whatever was there.
1: So how did you get this ability to be clairvoyant?
0: I was born with it. I was born seeing, like, it's extraordinary to me now, even still. Like, I will still, you know, I mean, I every day I see people online. I'm a therapist and a spiritual mentor. So I help people kind of gather their, you know, recover from their inner child trauma. I do clinical hypnosis because a lot of us, you know, the key to healing for me on everything is inner child, taking that baby girl, taking that baby boy and sitting them on your lap. And, and, and just bringing them love because what I came to learn was I'm the adult that I was screaming out for and I'm being haunted and literally touched and harmed and pinched and pulled and pushed down the stairs. I cannot tell you how many times I was pushed down the stairs in our house violently, but I'd be prepared because it happened so many times and then just, you know, and I'm flying down the friggin' stairs my mom's like, not again, not again, you know, and I just gave up saying I was pushed. It pushed me. They pushed me. She pushed me. He pushed me. It pushed me. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, you've had encounters with aliens, mm-hmm. demons, angelics. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with aliens. Can you tell us about some of your contact with them?
0: So, The aliens or extraterrestrials, or our upstairs brothers and sisters, they come in many guises, as humans do. They come in many different colors, many different heights, different anatomy, different languaging, because they're from different parts of our solar system. And the one thing about this, the minute you switch from paranormal, which a lot of people can handle, they can handle ghosts and demons and angels, they're comfortable because they're programming, the mental programming gives them a safety barrier there. But for some people, the minute you stretch out and you start talking about aliens and UFOs or UAPs now, unidentified aerial phenomena, um, which is what their narrative, you know, because we're so socially engineered on our planet because more people are aware of disclosure in all areas of life and all systems of life. The um, idiots that run the planet, which is my planet, your planet, our planet, um, they're trying to change the vocabulary to shift the neural pathway of us always knowing UFOs, unidentified flying objects, flying sources. They're trying to control and socially engineer us out of that thinking. And of course, they're failing massively because now millions are coming into their own awareness and talking about their, their own disclosure on every level. Um, I would give you the most recent um, extraterrestrial. Um, contact that I've had physically in this house in Costa Rica this house is built on the top of a mountain there are crystalline um, clear quartz rocks underneath it it's built on stilts um, and the walls are glass all the way around what that does it creates a an environment a physical um, on a physical level environment of what we call amplification So, those of us that like crystals, and you know, I have so many different crystals, I'll show you one. Here is a beautiful Andara. Wow. Um, And it's not slag glass, which a lot of Andara crystals are copies of just regular glass. These will kick your ass. I wear one here around my neck, Hmm. Um, but this is a massive one, kind of shit like a dragon. Mm, golden dragon's head yeah so as a lot of us are coming into more awareness of the the crystals and the technology because we have crystalline technology within our own biosphere's within our own bodies and you know the pineal gland it it holds a level of electricity and that electricity is known as piezoelectricity or 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 piezo it depends how you pronounce it it depends where you are in the world but that electrical frequency that exists inside the pineal gland is our connection to source to god to the gods to the other higher frequency dimensions you know and so more and more of us are now coming into the awareness we're actually starting to put things together i mean for me this has been a lifelong journey the information i'm sharing with you is long learned and long-term experienced. And I'm just so happy more of us are coming forward and we're helping others out there are so frightened of their former experiences. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to address it because they think something can happen to them negative. Well, it can't because the people that run the planet, they're the ones who programmed us to don't talk about it. One of the scariest things for an adult is isolation. As a kid, I would say about my experiences and I'll be completely isolated. Isolated at school, isolated at church, isolated everywhere. That's terrifying for a kid. That is terrifying. You'll do anything to be liked, to be loved, to be included. So whatever you have, whatever you can do, give them your candy, give them your pocket money, whatever. I did all of that because it was so frightening being so abused. Oh, my God, taking beatings at school, (laughs) you know, beaten the whole time, always being beaten up, always You know, so it was just a hell, like literal hell on earth. However, it did create a backbone, you know, a warrior-ness in me. And so now at this stage of my life, I mean, this isn't the first interview I've ever done. You know, I have a channel on YouTube too, where I talk and interview people with their own experiences, but never more so is it time for people to just take their courage, love and respect themselves enough to say, this is what I experienced as a child. And I'm safe and it's okay. And that's what your channel does. And that's what I said to you, I just admire you so much and respect you for giving people a safe place to share their story without feeling like they're a crazy person.
1: Yeah, thank you. So you had Pleiadians in your house. Yes. What did they look like and and what were they doing there?
0: Well, I'll tell you what happened. Here's what happened. So one of my best friends in the world, her name is Elena Danan. And Elena Denan, she's French and she lives in Ireland, and she has been reporting on her interactions on and off planet with a group of humans, humanoids. This is where we have to correct our own vocabulary that's been enforced on us. There are millions and millions of other beings, people, humanoids, extraterrestrials from different parts of our solar system. But because we've been told from school to now oh no 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 ha 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 what are you crazy little green men from mars no one's ever seen a little green man i've never heard one person in the disclosure community ever saying i met a little green man what was originally said was a man said i saw a little gray man and the gray aliens There are many different types of gray aliens. One is known as the Zeta reticuli. We also have the reptilians, the Draco. They have been infiltrating our planet since the beginning of civilization. And this is the year in the main where everything is being discussed, discovered because there's been interaction from upstairs. Now, if I've lost anyone in your audience at this moment, I'm fine with that. But nobody anymore will not Talk, not not talk about this. It's time we are done. So Elena Denan has had interactions. There was a man, a Pleiadian man, his name is Thor Han. And he rescued her as a nine-year-old when she was abducted by grey aliens from her bedroom in Marseille, in France, taken on a on board a craft. And what they were doing and what they have been doing is trying to hybridize themselves into our civilization into humanity as a means to interbreed themselves to take over or just have gray hybrids who are soulless who are connected to what's known as the hive. like it sounds like star trek and star wars it sounds ridiculous because again when we start going near truths that aren't common knowledge we are programmed to go cuckoo crazy town run away bang them up, and that's what's happened to millions of people. They've been banged up, they've been put on drugs, they've been isolated, but no more. There'll be many people that watch this because you are who you are, that will absolutely recognize themselves in the stories, in the real life experiences I'm sharing. So this man rescued Elena Dinnan. There were two Pleiadian men. One was called Thorhan, one was called Valnek. These men, they're just regular military personnel. From the Pleiades, or what also is known as the Seven Sisters, they rescued that child as they have rescued hundreds of thousands of other abducted children that once they're taken out of the Earth atmosphere, taken to or taken on board a craft, the Pleiadians and many other groups of different extraterrestrials have rescued these children. From that time she's come out, Elena Danan, she has written a book called A Gift from the Stars, She has illustrated 110 different alien species and races. She is either seen, met personally, or Thorhan, who is still with her to this day, protecting her and guiding her to bring out her own information, um, has been by her side. So it was last year, last November, December, in this house, I'm sitting on the sofa and I'm hanging out with my friend Asha Dillman. We're chatting like you and I are, and all of a sudden, as is what happens, when a different frequency, comes into my plane of existence the energetic frequency changes in the room. It could be a light feeling, a crackling, a static, a white noise and I'm talking to Asha like this and I look and there is this huge being. Now I'm so used to being interrupted all my life I still jump out my skin um, and this beautiful being is looking down at me. He has a huge head like we would see on Star Trek an alien head. Now that being His name is Anax. And Anax is from the Orion system, the Orion star system. He's what's known as an Egoroth. An Egoroth is, as I described, very tall, around nine foot. They have the big, you know, the kind of, this is what an alien looks like, you know, the big head and the big eyes. And he wasn't walking over to me. He was gliding over to me. You know, when you see something, the brain records it, So, we all have an ability to then sit and recall what we just witnessed. So, I screamed F off. And at the same time, I look here at this window, glass wall here, and this beautiful, beautiful six and a half foot, seven foot man, and his hair was so interesting. So, he's looking out the window, and I instantly registered as this huge headed being, Annex, is gliding over to me. What turned out to be Thorhan was watching because I was being targeted because of speaking and because of my friendship with Elena. So they came to set up some protection for me here. So four hands looking out the window so I can only see him side on. And he had straight hair to here. And then it was kind of wavy. He was wearing almost a skin tight white suit. I saw um, blue, uh, some kind of blue logo like lines. He had a belt round his waist. He had white, almost skin tight and boots. And I remember registering his muscles, his muscular physique. And I screamed and I remember Alex just kind of beamed and then Thorhan kind of just giggled. Um, What I hadn't remembered at that point that I've met them before, but now was the time to re-remember them so I'm I've been friends with Elena for a while so we've talked about them and we've you know I you know interviewed her she's interviewed me but I hadn't realized because the timing of everything is the timing of everything and we are right on full throttle disclosure so that was the time when I was then to remember and then the another well there's others too there's this Valneck Val, actually I have a photograph on my phone. I'm um, um, on a call with Elena. She's been taken somewhere off planet. She's come back so shaken up because she's so shocked at the AI and what's also known as the black goo. There are people that we admire and love on this planet who are absolutely mind controlled by off planet technology. And again, mm. I know it sounds like Star Trek and I really couldn't care less. Like, why do you think we have people like Gene Rodenberry? Gene Rodenberry created Star Trek why do you think we have people like Carl Sagan? You know, reporters of often on-planet information. You know, there's an amazing book. I read it in the 90s. It's called The Only Planet of Choice, written by a woman called Phyllis Schlimmer. I believe that's the pronunciation. What she does in that book is she is channeling, which again, we know is not always a safe thing to do. Some people are gifted at it. Some people just should just stay away from it. They do not know. If you can't see it, my advice is don't mess with it don't try and be a hero and go looking for something that you don't know what you're dealing with um phyllis schlimmer would um speak with a group and they were known as the nine the nine gene rodenberry was part of witnessing some of those channelings Hmm. and the body of work he gifted us is star trek so we've been shown on many different levels to give us an ability to be able to open our mind, to accept that this other worldly off-world civilization existence for many, many, many millions of beings is a reality. Now, if you notice the James Webb telescope, NASA. Yes. Of course, of course, they have no, they have no choice. They have to be absolutely pointing And we've only been guided, forced, monopolized to only believe what NASA said. Now, me as an individual in the 90s, I worked very heavily in the space industry. I recruited the best engineers, the top scientists in terms of manufacturing the satellites that are launched, rocket launched into space. I'm talking thermals, propulsion, composite materials that hold these, they're largely made from carbon fiber Honeycomb, Kevlar, and they're largely put together. The glues are kind of, what they're called epoxy glues. And then when the satellite is launched, it is, it opens up in space and it has its beautiful um, reflectors that follow the rays and the solar power of the sun. Just in a nutshell, a very, and if anyone out there knows more than I, good for you. But a lot of people want simple terms. You know, some have never heard of this. So I guess what I'm doing is also backing up my backup, that we're put on a journey in life. And we look back and we look forward and we go, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. So it makes so much sense to me that I grew up in the space industry, that I have all this body of knowledge. I'm not just some blonde bird on boob shoe going, hey, I speak to ghosts and aliens. It's a lot more definitive than that. So the last extraterrestrial interactions were with Thorhan, who was the rescuer of Elena Danan, who's somebody you absolutely have to get on your show. She's a, a, she's just the most beautiful, sweet, beloved And annex the huge-headed Egoroth from the Orion system. So if you look at Orion, Orion's belt, the middle star, the middle star is where the Egoroths, these beautiful, beautiful benevolent beings, where they reside. Now, if you want to know where not to look, you go to the middle star in Orion. It goes one, two, three. They are lined up with the pyramids at Giza. We know that. Many of us know that there are lots of star maps on our planet i wish i wish the country that sounds like Wina would just come forward and let us look at what they have there in terms of ancient sculptures buildings you know they're part of their star map too so where not to look um is the middle star which is the beautiful egoros go to the very far left as you're looking up when you go to the very far left you'll see Another star, it's kind of pinky, kind of a pinkish hue. We were told, oh, that's the sun that's been burning out since the 70s. It's also known as Beetlejuice or Guys. Or again, you scholars out there, please, I don't need correcting. Because again, a lot of people will not have heard of this information. Um, and uh, there we have a portal where beings come in and out of this solar system and a majority of them have not been benevolent now we don't need to go into fear we don't need to go into fear that's the worst thing we can do when we are in fear fear of what's happening on the world fear of gas prices fear of all the horrors these are all distractions for what's really happening on and off planet
1: why do some people say that aliens are demons and what is the difference between the two
0: to me, that's their programming. We're told as children, this is this and this is this and don't question it and this is the truth and you have to listen to the adults. There is a difference between diabolical aliens like reptilians who are vile. They, ha- they are soulless, they see us as cattle. They do not respect human beings. We are nothing to them. Some of the gray species, we are nothing to them. We are little more than cows lining up to get milked and slaughtered for meat. That's how they view us. Let's not, let's not, you know, big them up. There are demonic energies. And I'll give you an example of the ones I've encountered that are different from the evil, dark, soulless aliens, such as the reptilians, the Draco and the Greys, the Zeta Reticuli, bless them. Some of them have been totally taken over But Let's go to the demonics. I was four years old. And I'm lying in bed and I can hear it. It's coming. It was always a noise that would come. I would scream so much. My parents would sometimes put me and the boys in different bedrooms because they didn't know maybe it's the light, maybe it's noise on the street trying to help me stop waking up screaming. So when this happened, the story I'm going to tell you, I was in the front bedroom at our house. So as I'm as I'm lying in bed, I'm facing the door, the bedroom door. The wall here is the outside house wall. So that, ha- you know, this is the outside wall here. And then there's a window behind my head. I'm lying in bed and I can hear it. This low, guttural, like, like, like you see in the movies, like literally like that low, low, low guttural. And I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. I'm praying, Jesus, 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 come, come, come please. They're coming, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. Now, it it would play out like a literal film. On the wall, all of a sudden, this huge, massive, black, dark. And, and, you know, even as a child, you look at something and you register, that's an adult. That's an adult, dark monster, being, demonic. Um, And then all these other ones start jumping through the wall, like jumping through the wall into my room. They look like little black squiggles. It looked like they were on springs. And they were, like, bouncing, bouncing to the bed. I had three here. I had two or three here and I had two or three at the bottom and I don't know how they did this. They put some kind of it was like a mattress over my face and my body and they were they were they were killing me. They were suffocating me. It was so frightening and it was so heavy and I swear to you, I thought I'm going to die. I can't breathe. I can't get my breath. I can't get my breath. It was the most frightening frightening. It was not a dream. I was not hallucinating. I was not on drugs or medication. This happened from a little four-year-old girl to a woman now in her fifties. It was like yesterday, I have absolute clarity. And that was part of the plan to make me remember and talk about the things I talk about now. So I'm screaming, muffled screaming, no one's coming. I'm losing breath. I'm starting to pass out and all of a sudden, they scratching, crazy scratching and barking at the door. And our dogs, Lassie and Lady, they heard me scream. And because of them, my parents came. And my parents pushed the door open and these beings just scampered through the wall. And the other crazy thing is as the little beings that were trying to suffocate me are going back through the wall, the big demonic shadow that had had them come through, they were going to get punished they were going to be punished. Isn't that bonkers? I mean, you cannot make this up. You cannot logically understand it, but when things are happening and you're an individual experiencer of something, you get it all. It's like this instant quantum thinking that allows you to record what happened. It allows you to go back down the timeline and study and think about what you just encountered or experienced.
1: Is it possible for us to connect with the good ETs? And if so,
0: Absolutely. H- how
1: do we do it?
0: It's so, so simple. It was dangerous up until a few months ago because you had all kinds of buggers flying around, you know, all kinds of nefarious entities looking for some sweet person to go, E.T., come and get me, come and get me. <clears throat> so the way you do it, <clears throat> excuse me, literally, is just to drop into the heart is to sit quietly with yourself, is to do you know, beautiful breaths to connect into your soul. And you want to put up your benevolent protection. You want to bring in the light of whatever it is you believe in, whether it's God, Jesus, Hashem, Yahweh, Allah, the Prophet Muhammad. It doesn't matter. Whatever security of love that you have within you, because the frequency of love sounds like a cliche. It is the most powerful weapon we have. Nothing dark or negative can penetrate because when you measure frequency, which we've been doing for hundreds of years, when you measure frequency, the lower vibratory resonance cannot penetrate that higher, higher frequency, which cancels out a lower vibration. So sitting in the heart and just asking to see, to meet, to connect to. Now, what we also have to understand is we call the off planet beings Pleiadians. The ones from Sirius A and B, the Orions, the Martians, the Venusians, the Vegans from Vegas, you know, the Vegas star system, the, um, um, uh, the, the Arcturians from Arcturus, the Andromedans. The Andromedan galaxy is one of the nearest galaxies to us. But our off-planet brothers and sisters, they don't call any of those star systems what we call them. These are just Earth words. This is just earth vocabulary, Um, yeah. So whatever you feel you're drawn to, like the Andromedans are so beautiful. Some of them have like a palish blue skin, but the Arcturians also have a bluish skin. The Pleiadians, one of the groups of Pleiadians, they look like me, you know, blonde, blue-eyed. They're much taller than us. They're much leaner. They're in the most incredible shape. They don't have the density and the chemical substances that we have in our food and our water that make us (laughs) you know unhealthy of course it's a very different system um but they love us you know we literally it's been said so many times by Alex Collier who's a 40-year veteran as an eight-year-old boy he went to play go and hide seek whatever we call it hide and seek and he falls asleep in a field and he wakes up on board Andromedan starship lucky for him when he woke up He recognized the two beings, and they're called Phasais and Mornay. So Alex remembered them and then came back, and his mother beat the shit out of him because he'd been missing for hours. And he has been reporting Alex Collier on his extraterrestrial, on-and-off-planet experiences forever. He has been threatened with his life over and over again, government, mafia, this and that, all true. Just look his name up. Alex Collier. And his book is Defending Sacred Ground. Beautiful man, one of my best mates. I love him so much. And he's so brave. And he's experienced the worst abuse and ridicule his whole life. Elena Danan, you know, her main connection is to the Pleiadians, you know. Um, So you asked me how to connect. That's how we connect. And, you know, connecting with people like them. You know, and I remember years ago seeing this, like I've done so many paranormal investigations. I had a company, I've written a film, written a TV series called The Agency on all of the paranormal investigations I then went on to do over the years. Um, And I remember watching on television this silly woman this psychic woman, you know, who calls herself a psychic and she's in this cinema, you know, cinema movie house, we call it cinema movie house. And there's some kind of entity and there's an investigation going on. This poor young guy who's part of the team of investigators, he gets psychically attacked. This dark energy is so aware of the fright of him. That's when you're vulnerable. And this entity is, and this guy is screaming and crying and he's so frightened this psychic woman's going, use me, use me, come into my body. No, missus. You, if you want to be possessed, go ahead and say stupid things like that. Go ahead. You know, there's so many different ways. And it, that, it's annoying to me because all these TV shows that go in to do a haunted investigation, what they don't realize is all the other beautiful benevolent spirits that they may be going in and raking up and shaking up and then what do they do they bugger off they bugger off and they leave these beautiful benevolent spirits entities earthbounds, who might be still be stuck in the fear of if I go to the light I'll go to hell where is the blessing of them where is the assisting them where is the calling in of the angels or Jesus or merit for them to say to them let's create a loving bridge Let's create a frequency, a gateway, an opening for you, so you can go join. Because some of the earthbounds, they are kept here by demonic entities. You know, it's a, it's another journey we probably shouldn't go too deeply into right now. I don't want to freak people out or frighten them. Just want to give true, real life, real time in, you know, instruct um, information about how they can love on themselves, how they can be lovingly exploring and honoring themselves for all of the experiences they have had that were shut down, that they were never believed, that they thought they were crazy, that they ended up on medication for schizophrenia, for example.
1: Can you tell us about some of your encounters with angelics?
0: I think the most significant one I ever had, and there have been many, but the most significant one, this is when I realized that adults are liars and they're scared. And adults could not see what I came in with, which is clairvoyancy, clairsentience, clear feeling, claircognizance, clear knowing. So I was in my bedroom and my mum and dad were out on a date and my uncle Peter and Auntie Heather, who were devout Christians and they're beautiful, beautiful people, they were babysitting. And I could feel something coming I haven't even told you about the lights yet or the orbs, but I could feel something coming and it would always come from one particular wall. Now, when this happened, I was in another bedroom at the back of the house Um, and I'm laying there and I can feel the shift in frequency, the kind of static. I start to see the lights changing, the glowing, and I know something's coming. So I'm always scared because I was never sure what it's going to be. And then something is starting to build just a little way from my bed. And I'm lying there under the covers, looking, looking, waiting, waiting. And this absolutely, incredibly beautiful, just this gathering of these, just these beings, I just wanna cry, it was so amazing, it was so amazing. These, And I was so happy it wasn't gonna be scary. I was so happy nothing was gonna to touch me or nothing dark was gonna happen. And I'm looking, and there's these beautiful, what we would call from pictures from biblical times from the Renaissance, these angelic beings, some of them had wings, some of them didn't, but they were surrounding something. There was something in the middle of them, and they're smiling at me and they're beaming love. It's like, it's all right, Danny, it's all right, it's all right. And then they part, and in the middle was the being, the man that we know as the Christ. It was Jesus in the middle of this collection of these beautiful angelics. And he smiled at me, at me. I couldn't believe it. He smiled at me. And that changed my life. It changed my life in many ways because then I knew he was real. And I'm not a Christian. I don't follow religion but I saw him and I saw them and I remember I couldn't wait to get to church. I just could not wait to get to church because there were two women at church at this Pentecostal evangelical crazy hell and fire and brimstone and you're a sinner and children are dirty and bad and there were two women at church and they would wear their, It's the 70s, right? They're wearing their fur stoles and their diamond brooches and their fur coats, their minks. And, you know, they're the most, you know, everybody's like, oh, oh, look at me. Oh, please shake my hand at the church door and welcome me. in. that was their job. They welcomed everybody in and people aspired to be their friend. And, you know, as a kid of seven, I was very streetwise. I had to be. Um, I learned the hardware on many levels of different things. I couldn't wait to tell them it's my turn to come in the church doors. And I blurt out, oh, I saw Jesus, I saw Jesus. And the angels, and they were, he was in my room, he was in my room. And they just kind of look down and kind of like, kind of, you know, embarrassed giggle. And they take me into the back room and the main woman that I called the queen, she took, I was a skinny, skinny little kid, a runt. She took her thumbs, she stuck them under my armpits And she lifted me off the ground, up to her face. And she said, you liar, (laughs) you evil liar. Jesus didn't come to you. And then she dropped me on the floor. And I remember landing on that tiled, cold floor in the rectory at the back of the church and being so shocked and so frightened. And again, thinking, I just wish I wasn't here. I I I, I just wish I was dead because now I've told the greatest story of my life experience and this old bitch is aggressively abusing me. Then the other old bitch, when I stood up, she pinched me, she pinched me so hard. You liar, that's the devil. And do you know what they did? It gets worse. That night in church, they stood me on stage in front of 400 people. 400 to me as a seven-year-old little girl old people all in their Sunday best their Sunday hats in England in the 70s and they prayed the devil out of me and it was the most frightening but pathetic ridiculous nonsense from a little seven-year-old child who's seen seen it all at this age and what happened was the pastor put his screaming yelling hand on my little head And I remember him it was violent it was praise the Lord and with the devil out of his child and the congregation all wrapped up in the raptures and hallelujah praise God that spared his child she has the devil in her then the two old bitches were standing behind me because you know the form the format is you pray the devil out and you push the child over and that is supposed to um you know Um, exit the devil that's clearly in you because you dared to say you saw Jesus and the devil uh, Jesus and the angels they pushed me over the two bitches grabbed me and stood me up and I remember standing looking and everyone's going hallelujah hallelujah and I remember saying don't cry Danny don't cry don't cry don't cry don't cry don't cry everything within my being made me not cry because they were liars they were lying they humiliated me, they abused me, they did the worst things an adult could do to a child who goes to an adult for trust, especially a church. And uh, <clears throat> it was awful, it was awful, it was very scarring, it was very emotionally, you know, tumultuous, and, but it taught me a lesson, adults are liars, and they cannot see what I could see. And a lot of adults to this day can't see what I see, <laughs> I can't help that. But I, I retained it, I owned it, and just developed it throughout my life.
1: Now, you are a broadcaster, or should I say a YouTuber? Are you also a podcaster, or is this kind of all the same well, thing?
0: To me, so I am, um, I'm, I'm, in terms of YouTuber, I'm just Danny. I just mm. have my small but mighty, beautiful channel. And it's Danny Spiritual Therapist. <clears throat> Danny, D-A-N-I, Spiritual Therapist. The same, um, the same name as my website. All right. And uh, so in terms of a YouTuber, to me, that's like somebody who's like mega famous and a celebrity and they've got hundreds of thousands of, you know, to mm. me, that's a YouTuber. So yeah. I think it's a bit of a nonsense. So I went to college for journalism. So I am a qualified journalist. But even that is irrelevant. It's mm. irrelevant. Like, education is irrelevant. You have to have a personality, a passion, a bit of a big mouth to be, you know, to do what I do, to be a broadcaster and mm. go into the subjects Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti. Extraterrestrial connection, dose, demons, demonics, you know, um therapy, spiritual mentoring, angelics. I mean all of that. You know, right. so I, I, I call myself a broadcaster. All right. I don't really know the difference between podcasts and broadcast. To me, it's all the same.
1: Right. And I usually say YouTube content creator. I don't know why I said that, but yeah. what I'm getting at is that you have an event coming up called the Galactic and Spiritual Informers connection in october is this event yes. going to be a live event or something that you watch on your youtube channel or what no
0: this is the biggest event the entire planet has ever witnessed in terms of disclosure now we have people like alex collier and elena Danan who have their on and off planet extraterrestrial experiences now Boobtube, as i call it it limits sensors these people are coming to give it to share the things they cannot share online their deepest stories their proofs and then we have people like Sunbo True Brother who is a real life Bigfoot experiencer he doesn't want to call himself an expert he's far too humble he has experienced the Bigfoot and we've always wanted to know what Bigfoot is this man has the intel we also have people like Tony Rodrigs when Tony Woodriggs was um, 10 years old, he was in a genius group at school. A lot of these kids who were taken, you often find they are on the genius spectrum. He upset a kid by accident in the gifted program. That kid's dad was a luminati. The boy would brag about it My dad's a luminati. What does your dad do? The father was a Satanist, and the father had it made that Tony Woodriggs was taken off planet to an off-planet program through the earth military the earth military across our planet they have what's called dark programs or it's called the secret space program not so secret now because everyone's talking about it there was even a conference recently called the secret space program conference so now the cats are out the bags everyone is talking about everything because we've all found each other we've all found each other and we're all moving forward like a tsunami, and this 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 uh, conference. That the website is just galacticspiritualinformers.com. dot Easiest way to get to it because it's galactics and spirituals have had spiritual experiences. Are indigenous. We have elders. We have shamans. We have people who hold the ancestral history of Aborigines and Kiwis and Maoris. And Native American, as well as our UFO, alien experiences, all coming together. It is a three-day in-person event. Mm. It will not be live. It will not be on Zoom.
1: Where is this going to be at?
0: It's going to be held in Orlando, Florida. Florida at the Double Tree Hotel, which is directly opposite Universal Studios. Although when you come out of the hotel, it's beautiful. You can't see Universal. There's so many beautiful trees in the way. It is a beautiful venue. Uh, most people are staying there. Um, and, you know, it is something to behold. For me, it's like a massive bump and jump in the fabric of consciousness, in bringing truth and, and a really bringing the light of truth for everyone who's ever had an experience. There'll be people in the audience who have known their whole lives, their star seeds. They've never felt like they fit. They've always felt weird, odd. I'm an alien. I'm a freak. I'm a weirdo. And a lot of these people will be there. Hmm. There will also be people who know they embody extraterrestrial DNA that know who they be on and off planet. They will also be in the audience. It is just a beautiful collective of love, high vibrational love of honoring all of the different kinds of peoples that we all are.
1: Besides this event, do you have anything else that you're working on or that you do that you'd like to share with everybody?
0: I would like people to know that they can come directly to me, that they can literally book me for a private one-to-one session, a half hour or a one hour on my website, which is Danny, Spiritual Therapist. I hear you. I believe you. And in this time of healing on our planet, as well as wanting to find out our star origins, the things we've experienced and getting information, honestly, the greatest thing we could be doing right now is honoring that child inside of us. It is the time for the inner child, the traumatized child, the abused child, to come into the awareness that they are now an adult. And there's a massive healing that's happening. And then when we feel safe, then we're exploring our off planet, on planet, we're learning how to connect. And so people can come to me directly. I'm also in the process of finishing my book. It's my second book. And this book is Angels, Demons, and Aliens. And it catalogs the experiences and some of the stories that I've shared here with you. But I've just given you a taster of what's in the book. Um, So that's coming. It's coming out at the end of August. Angels, demons, and aliens. For these are the three main species that I have had physical, emotional, and real life interaction with.
1: After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you okay with that?
0: What I would say is I do my best, but I get hundreds of emails a day from people asking me questions. You know, so what I try to do on my on my broadcast, on my channel, my small but mighty channel, is address them and also interview people who've also had similar experiences to the ones that your audience have had. You know, abductions, literally being on board a craft, near-death experience, um, drowning, just everything, everything you could possibly imagine. I swear my channel is like, like yours, I'll see yours is similar in a way that my channel I see it, is like a Gaia, a mini Gaia, you know, Gaia TV, but it's free, mm. you know, not, nothing wrong with Gaia. I love, I mean, I don't have time to, I mean, I work full-time. I'm a full-time therapist and spiritual mm. mentor. Like I work every day, you know, and I have my own channel. And like I said to I was so excited um, to, to play with you because I rarely do interviews um, and I reached out to you myself. Um, because I just love your vibe and I love the way that you hold humanity with such love and such gentle, respectful care and that you bring such beautiful people and you hold them as they share and they don't feel stupid. They don't feel like no one's going to believe me because you've surrounded them with others. And this is the point of the conference too. When we all find each other, that collective energy, frequency, vibrancy raises consciousness on every level and there is a mass healing that takes place so the event the galactic spiritual informers.com is and will be life-changing and healing on so many levels like so many of the audience that are coming they're already connecting they're already creating their own tribes they can't wait to eat with each other and some of them are sharing rooms um, it's just going to be so beautiful and so powerful and impactful. And I've only mentioned Alex Collier, Elena Danan, Tony rodriguez Secret Space Program, Andromedan, Pleiadian, Bigfoot. Um, there are some, the Mayan shaman, his name is Ketzer Ra. I just went to Chichen Itza in Mexico a few weeks ago and, and ended up doing ceremony with this ancient Mayan shaman, Ketzer Shah. I'm interviewing him on my channel next week. I mean, the people that have Magnetized and I've magnetized to them to put this event together. I just, oh, you know, it's like going to a Rolling Stones and a Beatles and an Elvis concert all in one night because all your favorites are there, kind of thing, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, Danny, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message?
0: I want, I so want you. I want you to know how beautiful you are. I really want you to know how special you are when you look at a newborn baby and when you look at a beautiful child whether it's a boy or a girl or you hear a child laugh something touches most of us doesn't it there's this joyful connection to love I want you to know that at some point in your life someone looked at you in that way someone felt that way about you So whatever happened in your childhood, whatever trauma you've gone through, whatever happened as an adult, as a teen, as a young person, as an older person, I want you to know that you are a beautiful, loving, benevolent being. Your voice matters, your life matters, and your experiences matter. Now, whatever trauma we've had, we don't want to to unpack our bags and stay there and move in. We don't want to stay stuck in the same old stories, the same old drama. Believe me, I did it for years. I was the most miserable moaning, oh, my life is shit. Drink a bottle of wine, smoke 10 fags, you know? Let's not stay there. Let's honor how beautiful we are. And let's make a decision to move forward in unconditional love for ourselves. Because when you choose to do that, everything changes. People you interact with, the way your kids look at you, the way your parents and other relatives look at you, this is a time of disclosure on every level. And you are important and your voice matters. And that is what I want to leave you with. Because that is the truth.
1: Danny, thank you for that message. And thank you for being my guest today. I really appreciate you and I wish you the best.
0: Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you so much for inviting me and having me and, and being part of your beautiful community. I'm so grateful. Thank you.